a great time of worship. Uh, I just want to say thanks to the worship team. You guys are amazing. Um, as you know, this is uh, a whole new experience for us. It's an exciting experience. Um, and, uh, you know, just because we have to be socially distant uh, doesn't mean we're going to be spiritually distant. We want to we wanna still remain connected to you. And so we, we thought the best way um, that we could is to, you know, do an online service as crazy as it might think and as weird as it might be. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. We, we want to meet with you, uh, especially through this season where it might seem tough. It might seem frustrating. And uh, especially if this is your first time to our, uh, our, uh, our community. Welcome to our KCY uh, family. This is our, our, our youth group. This is a part of our church as well. Uh, my name is Malachi. If you've, if you've never met me before, I'm the youth pastor here at KCC, uh, and I'm so excited to be with you online. Here at KCY, uh, we believe a lot of things, and we believe uh, especially in the power of the Word of God. And so we're going to be diving into uh, the Bible uh, tonight. And even though this this book has been written thousands and thousands of years ago, that we believe, we believe that it is so relevant to today. And we're so excited uh, to read the Bible and, and be able to pull out uh, things that can and just help us and, and guide us. And that's what the Bible is for. It's, it's, it's not written uh, specifically to us, but it's written for us. It's written for us as a guide. It's written for us to, to help us through even dark days like today. And so I'm excited to be sharing this message with you. And, and I just want to jump right in. And it's in Acts 16, uh, verse 16. And so here we have Paul and Silas, okay? We have Paul and Silas in a place called Philippi. And it, and it says in verse 16, it says, once we were, once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by her for, by fortune telling. And so she follows Paul and, and the rest of us shouting, these men are the servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul gets so annoyed and he turns around and he, and he says to the spirit in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit had left her. And when the owners realized that their only hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and they grabbed Silas and they dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. So Paul and Silas were having a pretty bad day. And, uh, and they brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and they're throwing our city into an uproar by advocating our systems unlawfully for us Romans to accept or practice. And the, so the crowd then joins in this attack against Paul and Silas, and the mag magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were then thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he had received the orders, he then put them in the inner cell, fastened their feet in stocks. And, 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 and this is kind of the worst part of this story, right? Like, and if you think about the jail cells that they had at this time, like this was the worst place for them to be in. Okay, and you think about maybe your position in life right now, and you think about where our world is right now, it feels like we're in the worst place to be in. And so Paul and Silas are in the deepest part of this prison, and it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. And all the other prisoners were listening to him. And then in verse 26, this is where it gets insane. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that shook the foundations of the prison and all the prison doors flew open and the chains came loose. And the title, the title of this message I want to, I want to speak with you guys tonight 
is change of plans. Change of plans. Would you pray with me as, uh, as, we, as we just go into this next part? God, we just thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for even this time of worship. We thank you that uh, your word is relevant as, as much as it was then as it is today, God, for our lives. And, and God, I just pray that even in this season that we can grow uh, with, we can grow in community with each other, but God, most importantly, we just want to grow in, in relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, you know, thank you for being with me up here. I know it might be awkward. You've been sitting through uh, a lot, and uh, you've had to kind of stay still, but um, I have these guys up with me so they can kind of, you know, help engage. And so Logan's got his Bible. Uh, you can give it up for Logan. We're so excited uh, to be with you. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. And if you've ever, uh, and I'm sure that you could probably all relate to this, um, have you ever had your plans change at the last second? I think we could. I think we could all probably say that our, our plans have been postponed, or our, our plans have been canceled, right? And and maybe you had been looking forward to something. Maybe maybe uh, you're in grade twelve and you you wanted to graduate this year, and you've been waiting literally your entire life to graduate, and all of a sudden the world is in chaos and everything's canceled, right? I'm sure we could all relate to that, right? And honestly, that feeling. Uh, of something being canceled or something being like changed last minute. I, I'm not a big fan of things being changed. I like to plan things. I, I'm not a big fan of things just being changed last minute. It is the worst feeling. It, it honestly, I, I hate the feeling. When we, you know, when I think of the world we're living in, like everything, literally everything is being canceled. Everything, like you name it, like NHL. I mean, I'm so sad about the NHL being canceled. I know some of you don't care for hockey. Some of you are basketball fans. Um, I grieve with you as well. But everything is being canceled. Our world is being canceled, right? There's this last minute, just change of plans. And when I was thinking about this, uh, this message and, and, and this kind of topic of change of plans, um, uh, this one memory, and I, I think I've actually shared this memory before, but I wanted to share it again today because I feel like it's so relevant and it's kind of funny. And so this one, this one memory comes to mind. It's a very painful memory. It's a very frustrating memory. I, 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 rec- I remember it. Like I was, I was like five years old, but I remember it like it was yesterday. And so it happened, it happened actually on a Sunday, and this was in like 1995 or 94, and it was when the Lion King, the original animated Lion King actually came out. And, uh, and I love the Lion King. This was like the, oh, not the, not the new one, not the, like the CGI fake one. Like, I don't love that one at all. I'm sorry. Um, but this was like the OG animated Lion King. And for months, for months, I was like, I wanted to watch this movie, right? Like, I don't know if you guys remember, like, watching Disney VHS and, like, the little green screen pops up, right? The previews come on, and, like, and, and it sucks you into this world, and it feels like, man, I don't even know what movie I'm watching. I'm just into the previews. And the, the Lion King was on this, I don't even remember which movie I was watching, because the Lion King preview was so good, right? And, and, and I remember just, I needed to watch The Lion King. I needed to watch, and for months, for months we had planned as a family to go to the Lion King as soon as it came out. And so today was the day. It was a Sunday, and, uh, and we were going to the Lion King after church, and sometimes we would go for lunch after as a family, but, but today we were going to the movie theater to watch 
the first Lion King. And I was so pumped. I, I'd been talking about it with my parents for months. Like, they, they were like, they were so annoyed with me because I would just be like pestering them. It's like, it's like two days away, right, Dad? It's like, it's like one day away, right, Dad? We're going to the Lion King tomorrow. I was so excited about the Lion King. I'd been waiting. I was planning. And church came. And, and I don't know if you grew up in church like, like I did where the, the preacher thought it was great to preach for like three hours. And so church literally felt like an eternity. Like I was waiting for so long for church to end. And so finally church ends and we got about three hours until the show happens. And, and if you ever grew up in church, you knew the drill. Like your parents would always talk to their friends after, right? They would always be like lingering for so long. And you're just sitting there just like I was sweating I was just like, God, get me out of here. I just need to watch The Lion King. I need to watch The Lion King. And um, if, you've, if you've ever been around me for any time, uh, I, I, I always talk about my friend Jeremiah. His, his nickname is Cubby. He's my best friend growing up. And uh, this actually, this story has nothing to do with Cubby, but it has everything to do with his brother. Okay, and I don't know if, you've ever, if, if, I've, if I've ever like, uh, told a story about his brother, and his brother's name is Ben. Okay, so Ben, if, if you're watching, I'm so sorry. I, I love you. You are amazing, but you ruined my life. <laughs> and uh, and so Ben Ben was a bit older. He was he was about my sister's age. He was about three years three years older than me. And um, and so Ben was a bit of a troll. Okay, so Ben was a bit of a troll. He was really really good with his words. Okay, so he could have been a politician essentially. Like he was really really good with persuading people. Okay, and so uh, at this stage in his life, particularly Ben loved to disrupt and and ruin other people's lives. Okay, with how he said things, how he convinced us to do things, especially uh, as as his like little brothers, right? And so Ben Ben had already seen the movie. Ben had already went to the to the Lion King on the opening weekend. Okay, with his family, so he had seen the glory of the Lion King. He had seen it already. Like, he had already experienced the amazing soundtrack. He had already experienced the animation. It was incredible. So Ben had already experienced that. And so now to really understand the severity of the situation. In the 1990s, okay, if you've ever, if you grew up in the 1990s, I'm not sure if you, if you, if you kind of relate to me on this. In the 1990s, my parents were extremely strict on what we could watch. I'm sure, I'm sure Rebecca's parents were the same. They're Romanian. They're very strict. But my parents were like, were like overly strict. So we weren't allowed to watch movies like Aladdin and, and like Hercules and, and, uh, and Sleeping Beauty. I was never, I've actually never seen Sleeping Beauty to this day. I think we're going to have to watch it. Um, and The Wizard of Oz. Obviously, that's, that's obvious. It's, it has the trigger word wizard in it for any 1990s Christians out there. Wizard was like the worst thing you could say, right? And so all these movies were banned in the Malat household. And, uh, and sometimes life was pretty sad. And so, so Ben, knowing this information, this very, very crucial information that my parents were strict, he knew it from experience, of course. And so Ben, ben decides he's going to walk up to my parents and strike up a conversation. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm kind of sitting back, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm kind of watching my—I'm just, like, waiting for my parents. And I'm, I see Ben out of the corner of my eye, and he's walking up to my parents. And I remember this, like, innate fear just hit me. Because I knew Ben had this, like, grin 
Like he had this like mischievous look on his face. So he's walking up to my parents and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he better not ruin my life, right? He better not ruin this for me. And I'm like sweating. I know what he's about to do. And so he walks up to my parents and my parents, of course, super oblivious are like, and they knew that Ben had already seen the movie. So they're like, hey, Ben, like, how was the movie? We heard, we're going to the Lion King today. How was it? And Ben's like all excited. He's like, it was the best. It was the best movie ever. It was amazing. But then he does this thing where, I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation with somebody and you like, you lean in and it's like this kind of confidential thing and you're kind of whispering. And so he does this to my parents. He leans in to my parents and he's like, be careful though. He kind of looks around. It has some witchcraft in it. And at that moment, I knew it was all over. Every, all my hopes and my dreams were canceled. All my desires to see this movie were canceled. Every part of my day was ruined that day. And I remember, I remember just the feeling. I was just like, it was like someone stabbed me with a knife, right? Every part of me was dead inside at that moment when Bed said the trigger word witchcraft in front of my 1990s parents who were already super extreme, right? And so, um, you know, add it to the list of banned movies. But I remember my mom, she just kind of turned to me and my sister. We knew it was just over at that point. And she, she looks at us and she says this phrase, change of plans, we're going home. We're going home. And uh, I, think, I think now, I think we could all especially relate to this. Maybe not to the severity in which I dealt with it. I'm probably still dealing with it to this day. But that feeling of disappointment, I'm sure we all have felt the feeling of disappointment, the feeling of missing out, the feeling of frustration when everything we know is changing or being canceled, and there's, there's bans being put in place, and, and obviously, like, what we're doing and what the government is asking us to do with this social distancing, it, it is good, okay? So I'm not, I'm not, ban- I'm not uh, saying the government is bad for telling us to do these things. It is good. We are, we are staying isolated. We're keeping safe. We're trying to battle this COVID-19. It is all good. Like, I'm, I'm for the government saying, hey, let's, let's be careful. Let's socially uh, distance ourselves. Let's, let's, let's flatten the curve. I'm all good with that, but I can't help but get the feeling that, that when everything is changing around us in our, in our world, we can't even recognize it as we sit in our, in our living rooms and we're, we're kind of stuck at home. As we, as we look out the window, our world is completely different, right? And I can't help but get the feeling that when we put all these things on hold, when, when, when our life, when our world is canceled, it's in moments like this where we, we almost feel like we just have to like, we have to shut everything down and just say, okay, I'm just going to wait it out. Where our life, where, where everything else is put on hold in our life, it, it, it almost feels like I need to put my life on hold. And I just need to, to wait this out. I just need to wait out the storm. I just need to, just to pull back from everything I'm doing. I, my life is on, on hold. And I think it's especially dangerous when we, when we put our life on hold. But I think even in these seasons, in this time where everything is being canceled or everything is being put on a pause or everything is being changed, where we look at our relationship with God and we put it on hold. Or when we, we, we look at the other side of it, where we think that God has put a pause on our life. 
We think that God has put a pause on his plan for our life. And we look at it from these really negative eyes where we're just like, man, where are you, God? Like, did you not see this coming? Like, I thought you were like, I thought you could see the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. Like, how did this all happen? Where are you in all of this? Where are you in all of this? And it feels like, it feels like we're almost in this spot where it's really easy for us to all collectively just throw up our hands and say, this is it. Like, is this what life is going to be like? I guess I just got to get used to it. And everything just gets put on hold. But when I read this story, when I read this story of Paul and Silas, and obviously as the reader, um, we get to see the outcome, right? Whenever you read a book, we, ha- we as the reader have the advantage to see in the end of the story, right? And I think right now where we sit, where we sit at home or we're, we're sitting in our living rooms where we're doing online school or we're doing everything online and we, we sit there and, and we, we, we're in the middle of this story and we cannot see the outcome. We cannot see the outcome. And so imagine, imagine if you're Paul and Silas, right? I'm sure it's pretty easy right now because they were in the middle of a story that they could not see the outcome. They did not, they were not the reader, right? They couldn't see the outcome. And so uh, Paul, if you, if you understand who Paul was, he was literally like Jesus himself came from heaven came down and met him on a road and was like, dude, you got to go that way. And he changed everything about Paul. Like in one day, in one moment with Jesus, every single thing changed for Paul. Okay, there was a complete change of plan. He was going this way and Jesus showed up and was like, I need you to go that way, bro. And Paul's like, all right, man, like, okay. You know, like he was literally like interrupted his entire theology, his entire way of life, his entire belief system, all his mindsets were completely changed, right? And so Jesus comes in and sends him on this mission. And in the middle of this, you think, as we read this story, you think, man, like, man, if, if God planned it, you think that it would go really smooth, like, if God interrupted my life and was like, I need you to go do this and this and this, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, man, God's planned this. God's sending me on this mission. Everything is going to go smooth. Every word I say, I'm going to get people saved. Like, I'm just going to be able to walk on the water, right? Like, like everything is going to go perfectly according to plan. Because when I think of when God plans something, it's going to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and all is good. Right? And here we have Paul and Silas where they're, they're literally, they're going to pray of all things, right? They're not, they're not going to do something shady. They're not going to go like smoke dope. They're not going to go uh, do something, we do, some sort of like weird behind the scenes, like drug deal or something. They're, they're going to pray, right? They're, they're on their way to commune with their heavenly father. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, in one moment, everything changes, there's a change. There's a change of plans. And they're met by this, this girl who's possessed by a spirit, and, and they, they eventually cast the spirit out. And you would think, you would think, like, as, as a witness of that, if I saw, like, some dude cast, a, like, a spirit or a demon out of somebody, I'd be like, that dude is amazing. Like, I need to, I need to hang out with that guy more. I need to, I need to understand what he does. Like, like, I need to be around that person. This is amazing. But instead of awe and wonder from the crowd, and, and even, even like, instead of thankfulness from the girl, they get, they get basically 
lynched and the, the mob turns on them. And so instead of thankfulness, they're, they're returned with like anger and frustration. And they're actually dragged into uh, this, this courthouse and they're, they're placed amongst the authorities. And that's the, the moment where they get basically um, misjudged. You could say that they're misjudged in this moment. And then they're, uh, then they're basically stripped down. They're beaten. It says they were flogged. And so what flogging is, is they would actually, they would actually tie their hands together and they would strip them naked and they would beat them to the point of death, just before the point of death. And so, so Paul and Silas are now um, dragged into the deepest part of the dungeon, not even just like the regular dungeon, like the, the crappy part of the dungeon, right? Like if you think a dungeon could be, could be much worse than just being a prison, uh, it was worse, right? It was the worst part of the prison. And they're, and they're put in stocks, they're left to die, most likely freezing cold. There's no sunlight, it probably smells terrible, and they're naked. So it's super awkward. Right? Like, imagine, I can't imagine it. So I was going to go there with Logan, but I'm not going to do that. But, like, imagine you're with your best friend, and you're just, like, you're bloody, and you're, you're naked, and you're just sitting in a dark cellar. And this is life. Right? And Jesus, you sent me on this mission. This is awesome. Right? Like, and obviously, obviously not to the same extent, but I think that we can relate to this, to this moment. Maybe not to the, the severity of what Paul and Silas went through, but I think we can relate to this moment where, you know, the last couple of weeks of your life, um, as you look back, it's completely changed. You compare, like, a few weeks from now until today, like, you can't even, it's not even recognizable, right? Like, your life is completely different. There was a change of plans. Everything is canceled. Like, we're stuck at home where I'm preaching to a camera, and there's a few people in the room right now, but, like, this is, this is youth group. This is weird for me, right? Like, this is not normal. Like, there's been a change of plans. And I think that it's really easy, like I said, for us to be in a spot where we're like, God, what are you doing? Like, God, where are you in all this? Like, like I, I, I thought that you planned this part out like are you are you still there god like knock knock like we're like we're we're sitting in this space being like what is going on are you still in control god and i don't i don't know about you but i i think if i'm honest i've asked those questions in in my weakest moments where it's like man what are you doing god like what is happening in our world did we do something wrong but paul's response Paul's response to this whole situation is incredible. Paul's response is not frustration. Paul's response is not even, he's not even giving up. Paul's response um, is completely different than anything I would do. He's not even like looking for a way out. He's not even like sitting there in his stocks being like, hey Silas, like pass me that bone. I'm going to try to pick the lock. Like he's not looking for a way out. He's not giving up and he's not even frustrated. And I don't understand Paul in this moment. And, and, and even as, as it say they were praying and, and, and singing hymns, his prayer wasn't even, God, if, if, I, if you get me out of this, like, I'll do anything. Like, it's not, even, it's not even to the point where he's praying himself out of that room. Okay? His response is worship and praise. His response is worship and praise, and if you could imagine it, it's kind of a funny 
I get these pictures of, of these situations and I can just imagine Paul just kind of sitting there and, and Silas is just sitting there and just kind of sitting in silence, right? And it's dark and they're, they're naked. It's kind of weird. And, and they're just sitting there, right? And all of a sudden Paul's like, and then Silas kind of looks across and he's like, what are you doing? Like, dude, this is not the time to start singing it. And Paul's like, shh, shh, just, just sing with me. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath. Come on, Silas, hit that, hit that harmony. It's your breath in our lungs. And we pour out, and he's, he's got his hands stuck, so we can't really lift them, but they're already kind of pre-lifted, right? Like he's like moving his wrists. It's your breath. Like, and he starts singing. He starts worshiping. He starts magnifying God. And see, see, because Paul's faith is not on what he can see. Paul's faith is not on what's right in front of him, right? Paul's faith is on, on the one who can see everything. Paul's faith is on the one who can see everything because God, here's what I want. I want you to walk away with this. God has a bigger picture in mind. God has a bigger picture in mind. And often, oftentimes I think this is really hard for us because we like to focus on what we see in front of us, right? I like to focus on what we see in front. Right now I see James Johnson. He's, he's videotaping me preaching a sermon. Like I, I, I can, fo- I'm, I'm focusing on you right now. And I, that's, it's really hard for me to not, you know, think about that because it's right there in front of me. And we're trained, even, even myself having bad eyesight, like I was trained to, to get glasses and it, so I could focus on what's in front of me. Right. And so we, as humans, we have this hard time where we just, we get fixated on what is in front of us. And, uh, and if, I think if we were like that, if we were focusing on what was in front of us, we wouldn't be here right now. We wouldn't be here filming this youth service because, because I would look out at the auditorium and be like, all oh, the youth didn't show up. Like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we having a youth service? But we're not focusing on what's in front of us. God has a bigger picture. And see, prayer, prayer is great. Okay. Prayer is is great, it's essential. And in this, in this verse, it even talks about Paul praying, but he wasn't praying himself out of the, out of the room. Remember that. Paul was, was, was praying with something added, okay? So and sometimes with prayer, though, sometimes we get into a space where if we don't have uh, the right mindset, we start praying really selfish prayers, like, God, help me. We start looking at, we actually start focusing on the chaos more when we're praying. We actually start focusing, man, like, like God, get me out of this. And, and, and all, of our, all of our prayer gets focused into this really tunneled vision. Okay? But in verse 25, it says, Paul and Silas were praying and. You can say that with me if you're, if you're watching from home. He was praying and. Yeah, you guys can say it. And praising God. What praise does is it actually gets our eyes off the chaos and it gets it onto God. Praise gets our eyes off of ourself and it gets it on to him, onto God. It gets our focus in a different place because God, God always has a bigger picture in mind. He has, he has something bigger in his mindset. He has something bigger in, plan, in, 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 in scope for Paul and Silas. He's something bigger than them just going to pray, 
right? They were going to do something good, but God had something bigger in mind for them just to be praying, right? He wanted them to see something. God wanted a message to go to a jailer and to the rest of his family that that wouldn't have happened if they would have just went to that place to pray. They had to experience excruciating pain, excruciating and terrible discomfort and really awkward situation to get this message across to this jailer. And not only to the jailer, this, this gospel message was reached to the jailer and to his entire family. If you read on it, it talks about this, this man who, who was basically about to kill himself. And Paul shouts out, hey, no, we're still here. And from that, they are able to have a conversation. So out of the midst of this, this chaotic moment that seems like, man, God, where are you? God was in the middle of it because he has a bigger picture and he has a bigger plan. Paul and Silas basically just had to be obedient and submit to the plan. It might've seemed like, man, what is the plan? But sometimes we just have to throw our hands up to God instead of to the world and say, man, God, I I just submit to you. I just submit to what you want me to do because God's picture is always bigger than ours. But when we submit to his plan, when we choose to follow it, even when the government shuts down, even when our world is canceled, even when your, your grad year gets sidelined, uh, when work gets chaotic, when people get laid off work, when our plans go amiss, everything is shutting down. When we choose to trust that God's got this, man, everything changes. Everything can change. The meantime, because this is what we're in, we're in the meantime right now. The meantime can then become meaningful and not just a waiting period where we just press pause. The meantime can be something so much more meaningful. This is the part of the story where we either need to trust God or we trust fear. In the meantime, we get a chance to grow so deeply in our relationships with our families where everything is slowing down. We get a chance to, sometimes it's not the greatest situation, but we get a chance to, to even just reach out to people that we never would, would have time to reach out to. Right? In this meantime, we get a chance to connect with people in a different way, maybe through a, a Zoom call or a FaceTime. And, and time is so much more precious with those people. Because especially when all this is done, because I think that I, I don't think this is going to go on forever. But when I get to, you know, actually like give Logan a hug and, and hang out with people, I'm going to be so grateful for people. Right. And, and ultimately, I think in this in this meantime that we have right now, we have the chance to to grow in our relationship with God like never before and grow in our faith. We're in the midst of chaos and fear. We get to be a light that can shine in the darkness to our friends. Where people might be experiencing anxiety, we get to be that anchor. We get to be that pillar that they can maybe lean on, right? We have so much opportunity. Just because our world is canceled doesn't mean we're canceled. Doesn't mean that God's plan is canceled. Just because the world is on pause doesn't mean that God's plan is on pause. And I want to leave you with this, that God's plan is in motion. His plan is not canceled for you. His plan for you is still here. It's not canceled. It hasn't changed. His plan is in motion for you. He's not thrown off by this. It wasn't like COVID-19 or the coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, hit. And like, and he's sitting up in heaven and he's like, Gabriel, come look at this, man. 
Like, what's going on down there? Like, I didn't see, I didn't, was that you? Did you do that? Like, it's not like God's thrown off by this. This is, he understands. He's in this with us. He's, this is part of his plan. And what we're doing in these moments, what, what, what are you gonna do in these moments? Are you gonna put your life on hold? Are you gonna press pause because everything around is, is on pause? Or are you gonna make the most of these moments? Are you gonna make the most of these moments? The size of the problem creates opportunity. We have a big problem. So there's a great opportunity for us. And this isn't the end of the story. And can I, can I, just, can I just close with this? And um, maybe, maybe this is your first time ever even hearing a message like this and you just kind of randomly came across us um, and, uh, and, and maybe you're, you're sitting at home right now and, and, and you're scared and you might have anxiety in your heart and you might be um, maybe even frustrated. You might not just, you just don't know what's going on. And, and, and a part of you, this, this message is speaking to you. And maybe, maybe you've never made that decision to follow Christ or maybe you've never experienced his hope and you've never experienced his joy and you've never experienced his peace and I just want to I just want to pray a quick prayer with you and this 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 prayer is honestly this will change your life like if I didn't have Jesus in the, in in the world that we're living in man like I'd be going crazy but the fact of the matter is Jesus is is our only hope because we can't really rely on anything else there's nothing else to rely on. It's only God that can get us through this. And so I just wanna pray a quick prayer with you and I'm gonna close my eyes and, and I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna pray the prayer. And if, you, if that's you, if this is your first time and you wanna accept Christ as your, your Lord and Savior, just pray this prayer after me and, and maybe some of the team can just pray it with me so I don't feel so awkward, but I just wanna pray this. So could you just repeat after me? Father God, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that I need you. God, in all the chaos, in all the fear, you are my hope. And God, I wanna choose you right now to be in my heart, to be my Lord, to be my savior. God, for the rest of my life, I wanna choose you. I wanna follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining with us. Um, we hope that uh, you'll be with us next week, and um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Awesome! Thank you so much.